Hello everybody and welcome back to Global LPG Conversations in which we at Argus Media explore latest developments in global LPG markets. My name is David Appleton and I'm here today with my colleague Reza Amanat, who is the editor of Asia LPG. So today obviously the hot topic is the impact of the Ukraine crisis on LPG markets and in particular we'll explore Asia, which is of course the key demand centre for LPG globally. So could you start by just summing up what we've been seeing since the beginning of the Ukraine crisis? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I think uh, the events move, have moved very fast since the 25th of last month. And um, everyone is, I think, still trying to get an accurate idea of what the impact is, especially on this side of the world in Asia, where maybe there isn't a direct uh, supply implication for the market, but there certainly has been a price implication. So just to give you an idea of how much prices have been impacted, at the end of January, the delivered Japan propane prices in Asia Pacific had fallen to about $743 a ton. Um, that was a little bit of a slump, having been at an ATR high the month before. And then on the 7th of March, we rose to over $1,000 a ton for the AFEI, and that was a 39% increase where we had been on the 25th of Jan. So that was a significant uh, rise in prices just in the past few months, couple of months. Okay. And then obviously we've seen rises in the entire oil and energy complex. I guess that's the, the geopolitical risk premium. Um, in the case of LPG, how much do you put it down to the wider complex and how much to that being fundamentals in LPG itself? Yes, dangerous. interesting question. If you look at the crude prices, or at least the two relevant crude prices for Asia Pacific, uh, which would be Brent and Dubai, Brent has gone up 46% in that period that I just mentioned. Dubai has gone up 44% in that period. You've got to remember that the tensions around Russia and Ukraine were basically ongoing from earlier on this year. So it wasn't just you know the end of last month when things heated up. The geopolitical tensions had been there from before when the Russians had already placed troops on the borders of Ukraine. So that when we're looking at this time period, there's already a geopolitical risk premium built into these prices. So as I said, Brent's up 46%, Dubai up 44%, AFER up 39%. So a few percentage points behind the crude. It's sort of the rise in the LPG prices in Asia have lagged the rise in crude prices. And I think Part of the reason for that is the, the fundamentals in Asia for LPG haven't been too great. And the winter demand that, uh, you know, the period we've just passed where, you know, usually winter demand peaks, I think we were sort of balanced in terms of supply. So there wasn't a huge uptick in, in demand for the winter period. And I think part of that has got to do with the fact that for a long time, the, the petrochemical producers have not been getting very good margins or have been in negative margin territory. And that really impacted the demand that we expected to come in from that sector for LPG. Okay. So what I'm hearing here is that this is really much more to do with the wider energy complex rather than uh, LPG fundamentals at this uh, this time. Yeah, definitely. So I think that if you look at the you know, you know, supply implications from the Russia-Ukraine conflict, really for Asia Pacific is uh, is minute. There's not much really. 
most of the, the Russian supplies were going into Northwest Europe, East Europe, the med, Eastern Med Market. Hardly any, any Russian seaborne supplies come into Asia Pacific. There is a little bit of Russian LPG that goes via rail into Inner Mongolia, into China. But that's very minute amount. I think in uh, 2021, there was only 64 KT of that LPG that crossed the border. But we're talking about very small amounts of uh, supplies that Asia is getting from Russia. So in that sense, yes, the price implications in Asia have been indirect via crude oil prices rising and NAFTA prices rising rather than the, a direct supply worry that's led to those price rises. Okay. And then uh, just moving that back one step. So we, uh, as you say, there isn't much in the way of Russian product that comes into to Asia directly. Um, obviously, Russia is a major supplier of Europe, exporting four or five million tonnes per year in total. Now, we are not at the point where that product has completely disappeared from the market at this stage. We don't have an, an embargo into Europe, for example, on, on Russian products. But if we just imagine a world where that supply is out of the system and the market needs to be covered in Europe by, say, the US or, or from other regions where the product normally goes to Asia, could you place that in the context of the volumes there? Is that going to make a big difference? Or what's the situation, do you think? Yeah, I think that's a good point you make. We're already hearing that Northwest Europe is already pulling in more cargo from the US. Going forward, I think most traders in Asia expect Northwest Europe to be competing more often for US barrels with Asia Pacific uh, in terms of prices. But having said that, let's put that into context, right? Northwest Europe is a far smaller market than Asia Pacific. I think it receives on average recently it's been receiving something like 400,000 tons of LPG a month from the US. And you compare that with Asia, uh, which is receiving about 6 million tons a year. That's much higher than uh, what goes into Northwest Europe. The reshuffling that will happen between flows from the US, we will definitely see that impacting some of the cargoes that would have come to, to the east. But really, the reshuffling is happening on the edges. I mean, the bulk of the, the US supplies will end up coming to, to Asia still. Yeah. So uh, putting it like that, if we say Russia currently supplies four or five million tons to Europe per year, that is the amount that more than that goes into Asia from the US per month. So it's really relatively a small amount. I guess we'll see some knock-on effects and some other suppliers coming to play, but basically it is uh, not the case that Russia is a key global supplier, but rather a, a regional supplier in LPG. Moving back to the pricing situation, of course, the market is not expecting to see, or was not expecting to see four figures per time. I think it's now, that must be around 10 years since the last time we saw that price. What are you thinking in terms of the impact of that high flat price on the Asian market? Yeah, I think it's, you know we are at already eight year highs, so you're right. It's almost ten years that you know we saw that sort of prices. I think the main impact that everybody is seeing from uh, the bigger markets, let's say the Chinas, the South Korea, and the Japan's, is that we were already in a in, in a period where petrochemical margins were not great and a lot of the petrochemical complexes were struggling to to basically make a profit. And I think that the rise in the feed stock prices is just set to like continue continue that trend. A lot of PDH plants in China are gonna probably struggle to to come out of negative territory in terms of margins. And so what we'll probably end up seeing is that some of them will 
bring forward maintenance, maybe carry on to do longer maintenance on their plants than they expected to. Some of them might have to reduce runs or shut down in order to be able to support the margins in some way or another. So that's the main implications for some of the larger markets, or let's say specifically looking at the petrochemicals. And of course, for the residential market where, you know, the buyers are, are buying for the residential sector, obviously these high prices will mean that if there is an alternative to LPG, people will switch away and, and look for the cheaper alternative. So demand-wise, it's not looking like it's going to be too great for LPG if sustain these sort of levels. Right, indeed. And just to wrap up here, we tend to focus on large cargo markets where most of the key trade flows are. But we've seen some interesting developments in terms of the a supply bottleneck into Bangladesh. What's that that we've been hearing about? Yeah, I think people familiar with these markets know that, you know, on the east coast of India, there's a port called Dharma and Dhamra port has an anchorage area where, you know, we have some floaters there which are specifically targeting the Bangladesh to supply the Bangladesh market with pressurized cargoes. And I think what's happened in early in February is that the Indian authorities have stopped discharge of LPG from these floaters that are there. The reason that given is that the LPG that was being delivered into those floaters was then being mixed and uh, sold as mixed LPG into the Bangladesh market. And uh, the Indian authorities are now interpreting that as some sort of manufacturing activity that's been going on on those floaters. So therefore, they're saying that that carries a higher duty, which those companies involved in that have to now pay. And until that's sorted out, they've basically stopped the discharge. So that obviously has caused some issues in Bangladesh. I think maybe it's the fact that impacted something like quarter to a third of their supply. And they're resolved this issue with the Indian authorities. But one of the things that they've managed to do at the end of February is to deliver segregated propane and butane cargoes into terminals in Bangladesh. And those cargoes are then mixed in and blended into mixed LPG. But obviously the ratio doesn't always come out the way that's intended to be for the Bangladesh market. I think you end up getting a ratio which is closer to 50-50 propane butane, whereas you know the ratio that was being sold previously was 25% C3 and the rest butane. So there is an implication in terms of ratio, there's an implication in terms of the ability for some of the terminals in Bangladesh to be able to handle pure propane cargoes, whether they have get tanks that have that ability to do that. But there's talks going on ongoing between people involved in this trade and also the Indian authorities, and it might be uh, hopefully resolved in the next seven to 10 days. Until then, I guess Bangladesh has to continue taking these segregated propane and butane right. cargoes. Great, great. And as always, so listeners, you'll be able to find more details on all these stories in our publications and on the August Direct portal and so forth. So I think we'll wrap up there for today. Thank you very much, Reza. You're welcome. Thanks again for the opportunity. As always, everybody, thanks for listening. There'll be further podcasts forthcoming, so please look out for those. And please stay safe. And a special word out to our friends and colleagues in Ukraine during this difficult time. Thank you very much.